Hey, Northeast Pennsylvania, it's Rob O'Donnell here on WILK News Radio, 103.1 FM, 910, 980, 1300 AM. It's 3.08 here. Um, some rainstorms just came through. Let's see what's going on now. Does it want to come up? Nope. Trying to get you to weather now. 71 degrees. Uh, driveway's wet outside. We just had some heavy downpours come through Pittston, but the sun's been peeking out, so you kind of got a mixed bag today. We're going to get to a lot today, but I think I think the overall theme of today's show with the things I'm going to be talking about, and as usual, they center around Luzerne and Lackawanna County, the things that are going on. We got into some of them yesterday. I meant to touch on this yesterday, but I'm glad I didn't because uh, – Later yesterday, there was some more news as far as the Luzerne County Election Office was concerned. And we talked about this last week. And I I don't need to tell you guys, I don't need to preach to you the, the, the things that have been going on with the Luzerne County Election Office as far as the mistakes that made the papers, the paper missing, the issues with elections. They were under a DA's investigation, which basically found no criminal wrongdoing, but said, you know, there was a myriad of negligence and and basically incompetence going on there. And it's nothing we didn't know. It's nothing that any reasonable person would look at and say, okay, you, you ran out of paper once. Okay, the last election, you ran out of paper at a single location again. All right, well, you really haven't been tracking who fills out their uh, campaign finance reports. All right, um, then you put a list together of who didn't fill out their campaign finance reports. You send it out. And the list is wrong. There are people out there that you accused of not having their campaign finance reports. You, you were about to cite them with a violation, with an actual monetary fine, because they didn't fill out this necessary by law paperwork. And they're coming back to you with, with receipts stamped by your office, the Luzerne County Election Office, saying that they received it. So, you know, that was that, was that now. And... It seems like it's it's finally come to a head, and they have their sacrificial lamb. So uh, you know today's today's uh, going to be today's overall theme of today's show is going to be you know it's time to clean house on these places. It's time to clean house from the top down. There is no one immune from allowing the stuff that's gone on to happen. And, and I don't care if you're the head honcho that. You know, you delegated things to other people and they did wrong things or didn't do it properly. It falls on you. Let's let's get back to the mentality of extreme ownership. And, and you see that a lot and you don't see it a lot. And especially in public office, especially in government, you know, there's this pass the buck mentality. There always has been. I'm not immune to that. You know, we see it. You know, I saw it in a police department. But bottom line is, you know. As the chain of command goes up, you take more and more responsibility on for those underneath you. And if they do wrong, if your supervisors don't catch that, if their supervisors don't catch that, if the managers don't catch it, if the directors don't catch it, then you as the person at the top need to face the blame. And that's just the way this goes. There is no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And we're at a point now with how much incompetence, how much negligence, how much, how many incidents can you be embarrassed by till you finally say enough's enough? And we're seeing that's quite a few. And one of the offices that is quite a few at is the Luzerne County Election Office. But it looks like they found their sacrificial lamb. Um, Beth Gilbert resigned as the Luzerne County Deputy Election Director Tuesday morning. 
County Administrative Services Division's head, uh, Jennifer Pecora, announced in an email. So they're basically saying that it fell on her. So she's the, she's the deputy election director. Um, you know, the director has not... She, she was actually at one time the acting director while they were looking for a director. And, uh, you know, she, she's resigned. And, and I don't know if it's just she's had enough and then that's that. Or it's the writing was on the wall that, hey, you're going to be the one tossed to the wolves for this to save ourselves. Um, but I don't care. I, I, I really don't care. I mean, you have Emily Cook now, who's Election Bureau's operation manager, will assume the duties of the acting director. Um, there needs to be a reckoning from the top down in these places. And it's just not happening. It's just we, we see it time and time again where there's no accountability. All right, well, if this is the person that's responsible for everything that happened over the past couple months, past year and a half, two years. I mean, we ran out of paper originally, what, two years ago? Now just this last uh, midterm election, they ran out of paper at one location it kind of went by the wayside because it was only one location, but it was noted. People did did uh, call in here to the show and text into the show saying that there was that location that it did happen in. And it shouldn't have because not only was it national news because they were looking to discuss this in Congress and they were prevented to go testify, but the, this is a top-down issue. This is – it's not just a – it's not just a um, assistant director. It's not just a, an assistant. What's her deputy election director issue? It's a director issue. If you're in charge, and I understand that the the director hasn't. I don't even think has been there a year. But at which point does the leadership of Luzerne County, who oversees the election board, the election officials? Say enough's enough. And, and I think we've reached that precipice. Yes, this is the sacrificial lamb. You know, uh, Beth Gilbert, d- did she throw herself on the sword, resign just to kind of take the blame and walk away? Uh, I don't know. You know, if she's out there and listening, I'd love to hear her side of the story. I'd love to hear, you know, what what was the catalyst that caused her to resign? But, you know, Harvey, who's the director of the election bureau made no bones about saying that Gilbert was the point person in working with the county's controller's office to compile the list of committees and candidates who missed the filing deadlines. And again, this is just the most recent screw-up of the Luzerne County election officials. And it's time and time again. But how many strikes do we give them as, as the people of Luzerne County, as the people of Pennsylvania? How many strikes do they get before you say enough's enough, and send a message that if you're that incompetent as a, a bureau, if you're that incompetent as a division, as an office, you're all going to go, and we're going to find people who can do the job. And this isn't the only issue. Like I said, th- th- we're going to be talking about Lackawanna County later in the show again. You know, a little more in depth than we did yesterday. If you were, uh, if you listened to the opening of yesterday's show, I-, I was heated as we should be as residents here in Lackawanna County, how's, uh, and how residents should be in Luzerne County. But enough's enough. And, you know, if, if, if Beth Gilbert 
is taking responsibility for this and moving on or not taking responsibility for it and just doesn't want to be the scapegoat any longer because it it didn't take long for the director to just throw her over the bus, bus, throw her under the bus, and say she was the point person for this last uh, screw-up. So hopefully we hear from her sooner or later because, uh, you know, she declined to comment on Tuesday when this happened but said she might issue a statement later. And I'd love to hear that statement. You know, she's also serving her final year of her second term as a Wilkes-Barre city councilwoman. She didn't seek re-election, so is she just done with public service for this area? Is public service in Luzerne County, you know, that much, that far gone to where she said, you know, enough's enough, I'm done. But make no mistake, you know, here or not, as part of that team, you know, she was part of that problem. Now, hopefully she's taking responsibility for that. Hopefully she could shed light on what's going on in that office to where this, this incompetence keeps happening and happening and happening again. Let's go to the phones real quick. Uh, usually I don't take calls this early, but it's apical. We have uh, Ken from Hanover on the Luzerne County issues. Ken. Hey, Rob. There's two issues with all the areas for the public sector. First, they're unionized, and the first job of a union is to protect union members. The hell with the actual job they're supposed to do. And two, everyone in charge is there because of nepotism. They're all incompetent, but they all know each other. Well, it, it, for specifically for the Learns, Luzerne County Election Office, do do you know uh, you know who's related to who there, or is that just? In, I think everyone in charge. They're not necessarily related, but they all know each other from a friend of a friend type thing, and the, the workers are all unionized. So you know you're never getting rid of them. Well, these are directors and managers and such. I don't believe they're unionized, but this has just been a problem in this office specifically where the county. And the Commonwealth, for, for that fact, has been embarrassed by them time and time again by the incompetence of the election office. The in election Luz- office in Luzerne County. Luzerne County, for the past 20 years, I don't think anyone in charge lasts more than 18 months. And they constantly have constant turnover. They need to go outside the area and actually pay a paycheck to get somebody to come in here and run the place. And run it properly and give them the support right. they need to run it properly, not, you know, hey, we need you to hire X, Y, and Z because they're friends of X, Y, and Z. You know, I, I get that, and I get that's the old school way. You're not just here in Pennsylvania, anywhere in government. Right. Well, and especially it's, it's worse now with the council. I mean, now you have 11 little chickens trying to run the place who all have their own agendas, and you have to try and make friends and keep everybody and everybody happy, and that's impossible. Yeah, I mean, Gilbert was hired in July of 2022, so she's only been there a year. She makes a salary of $42,000. She served as the acting election director from September 2022 to February 2023. It looks like this this new director, Erin Harvey, has only been there since February of 2023, so just a couple of months. Right. After she lost election last year, so they gave her a job. Um, That's just the way it works. Yeah, and I mean, at what point do you think it, it, did Erin Harvey Erin Harvey ran for a public office in Luzerne County? Yeah, yeah, she lost. So, you know, consolidation prize here. Well, that in itself. I mean, if the people didn't want to, if the people of Luzerne County didn't didn't want to vote for you to elect you, what makes you think they want you running some of their departments? Oh, I think she went against 80 Dave Pazinski, who has just better name recognition. 
three quarters of the people who vote don't know who's running. They just see a name they recognize and push the button and leave. Yeah. I'd rather there be a, a test for voters that shows you actually have some idea what's going on or not let you vote. As far as elected office, but let's get people in these positions, especially running an office as important as an election office that's that's familiar with that system, familiar with that job, and familiar with, with running an office so people do the right thing. Because obviously over the past two years, this office has a horrid record of doing the right thing. Rob, if you look, it's the last 50 years. Back when we still had the big bot, big machines that with the levers, every single election, a machine was left someplace or opened early every single election. It's always like, oh, what happened to the, what happened to machine fifty six? Oh, that's still in the basement of the church. We forgot to get it. Let's go, let's go at that three o'clock in the morning. Yeah, it's been nonsense for the for the fifty years, easily fifty years. Well, it's time for the people of Luzerne County to say enough's enough and start holding the the county council, the county commissioners, the county manager responsible to say, hey, either you fix this or we fix you. Ken, I appreciate your call. Bye. Thank you. It's 321 here at WILK. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell Show after this. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It's 324. It's time for Rob's Rundown. These are things that are happening, headlines that are out there. May not get into them in depth during the show today, but they're headlines that are happening in our atmosphere, so we should be aware of them and know about them. Here's Rob's rundown for this Wednesday, June 28th, 2023. A code red has been issued for Pennsylvania due to poor air quality. The Peach Music Festival returns to montage. Goolsboro area suspect, arson suspect, charged with the Jessup fires. Berwick suspect called the monster, sentenced to life in prison. Cognetti hires from within for the Office of Economic Development position. Hazel Township Company to add 50 jobs, thanks to a grant from the governor. Lightning strikes, Wilkes-Barre Golf Course causing some damage. Taxes have been increased in the Crestwood School District. Wyoming area approves a 5.5 tax increase. Luzerne County Community College approves a 3.6 increase in tuition. And the Wilkes-Barre area approves a budget with no increase. And that's Rob's rundown for this Wednesday, June 28th, 2023. And just to touch on that a little more in depth, I I saw a special where they were talking to some uh, forestry people and smoke jumpers up in Canada with that code red issued for the Pennsylvania air quality. And again, this is because of the smoke coming down from the Canadian fires. And again, there, there are hundreds of fires up there and hundreds of thousands of acres of forest on fire. So, you know, there's been some arsonists arrested. It's the, dry, it's the dry season up there. They haven't been getting the rain that we've just recently started getting. If you notice, just two weeks ago, we were not getting much rain at all. But, you know, listening to the experts up there, the forestry experts and the head of their their forestry fire service, the only thing capable of putting these fires out is winter. That's what they stated. There is nothing we can do to put these fires out The only thing that can do it is the winter coverage of snow will eventually put these fires out. So they said this is going to be sticking around for a while. You know, winter does hit the Canadian North pretty early. But we're talking, you know, at least another few months of dealing 
with these smoke issues. Anytime the weather pattern changes where the jet stream dips and brings those that smoke down to our area, you know, the Great Lakes area has been dealing with it. Chicago's been dealing with it. And, uh, you know, it comes down to us in New York City has been getting it pretty good every now and then. But the, the fact that they issued code red today means the air quality is poor, so be careful out there. But just so you get a grasp on what the reality of this is, is uh, it's going to take a winter blanket of snow up in Canada to finally put this, this fires out up there. That's how big they are. That's how widespread they are. There is nothing man-made that they can do to help put these fires out. They've been trying to control them so they don't hit populated areas, and that's what they've been focused on. Their only uh, recourse for the rest of it is just let the wooded areas burn that are no threat to populated areas. There was uh, something else I wanted to touch on there. No, maybe that was it. So, uh, you know, just so you get a grasp on the fires there. Um, I touched on this yesterday, but I just want to go into it a little deeper because it was I think it was part of Rob's rundown yesterday. Ford is going to axe at least 1,000 contract salaried workers to offset a billion dollars electric vehicle investment. Um, Ford Motor Company reportedly has plans to fire at least 1,000 salaried and contracted workers as the auto giant looks to offset the cost of investing in electric vehicle market. During an internal meeting this week, salaried workers based in North America were informed that the impending job cuts, which are expected to significantly affect engineers, people familiar with the matter, told the Wall Street Journal. A spokesman for the Detroit-based automaker confirmed the news to the outlet on Tuesday, adding that the firings will be focused on engineering, gas engine, and commercial vehicle divisions. Now, we're going to need these people. We're going to need these divisions when they figure out that this electric vehicle market is not going to be the, the, the win-all that they think it's going to be. The infrastructure, it's not there. Yes, the development. I think we should start looking into it. I think we should start promoting it, but not at the detriment of what we're actually using now. I mean, they're, they're going to get rid of engineers, gas engine, and commercial vehicle divisions for Ford Motor Company. I mean, Ford makes the number one truck in America, the Ford F-150. And I'm sorry, but the, I've looked at the Lightning. It just n- does not have the capabilities that I would need for simple towing and home use. You know, if I lived in a suburban area closer to a city with the infrastructures of charging stations everywhere, maybe. But then a vehicle that size is not conducive to those areas. So, you know, they're throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Yes, I, I agree we should be investing in an electric future, but at the same time, as the infrastructure for those grow. You do not lay off a 1,000 people and get rid of these other divisions or stop focusing on other divisions because one of these 1,000 engineers can find a way to better use a gas engine, better use commercial vehicles that is less invasive on the environment. And again, these aren't the things that are causing the destruction to our environment. What's causing the destruction to the environment is India and China and places that are just doing whatever they want anyway. So regardless of what we do here in America, it's not going to make a difference on a global scale. It's 331 here at WILK. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell Show after the news with Paul Michaels. You're with the Rob O'Donnell Show here on WILK News Radio. It's 336, 70 degrees cloudy with some rain showers and some sun peeking in and out. 
you know, we were just talking about the wildfires up in Canada, and of course, you know, our 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 politicians that that want to push an agenda are surely not behind here. You know, smoke from the wildfires burning in Canada is blowing south and causing dangerous air quality in New York State for the second time in a month. We are truly the first generation to feel the real effects of climate change, Governor Kathy Holtkel of New York State said on Tuesday. Um, yeah, it's really not that. It's really the fact that Canada ceased lumber lumbering in uh, and clearing the areas, making breaks, taking the wood, selling it, and doing the things that needed to be done. If you look out west in, in our own country... There are states like California who prevent logging, who prevent the things that need to be done to help take the fuel out of these areas. Um, New Mexico is another one that refuses to, to log and uh, timber the areas to, uh, to get rid of these, this fuel for these fires. But there are states out there that border them that do, like Oregon is one of them. They do proper logging and fire breaks and stuff, which is why you don't see these massive wildfires in those areas Canada's the same thing. You know, they had a... they the, Trudeau up there is very adamant with his green agenda. He's very progressive with his green agenda. And he, he hasn't allowed the proper forestry measures up there that needed to be done over the past decade, over the past, you know, half dozen years. Now, that wouldn't have stopped what's going on here. They had a dry season up there. The fire started, and once they start, there's not enough infrastructure up there as far as roads, and it's just too widespread for, for, for man to do anything, man or woman, to do anything about it. You know, it, it, they're saying it's going to take an act of nature. It's going to take a blanket of snow to finally put it up out there. But they could have mitigated it to less of what it is now if they would have done the right things as far as forestry and such goes. Uh, next story is this... Uh, a lawsuit's been filed in Lackawanna County Court over Commonwealth Health Cardiology Group data breach. Um, now, I've been notified in this. I, my my data has actually been breached. So it's it's good to see this. You know, I was angry when I first saw it. I believe I talked about it here on the air when I first saw it. That again, here's another reason of the these these offices, these medical conglomerates, and here it was uh, Commonwealth Health. Physician Network, also known as Great Valley Cardiology, and uh, Scranton Cardiovascular Physician Services, LLC. They, by negligence, by accident, by whatever means, allowed their data to be breached. And there's patients now that have been notified, like myself, that we need to take extra precautions. And there's there's people like me that have also been notified by the, the agencies that monitor their credit that their information's been on the dark web, been found on the dark web. So, you know, the, the, they, anyone who goes to a medical facility knows the amount of information they ask you, the intrusiveness of everything they ask. And, and I'm not saying they don't deserve that information or need that information. Some of it they probably don't. But it's their duty once they ask it from you, once you provide it to them, to secure it, and they're not. So I, for one, am glad to see, you know, this suit that's been given class action status. I, I'm not part of it at this time. I'm monitoring it. I, I found out about it when uh, when I read this article yesterday. Uh, but it's good to see because the the only way groups like this, the only way entities and corporations like this realize their responsibility is when they get hit in the pocketbook, when they get hurt. 
and it's really not hurting them. Their insurance company is going to pick it up. They're just going to pass it on their premiums, and then they pass it on to us by higher rights that you, they charge you to see a doctor. So it's this big circle of life, of, of increased cost and, and, and non-accountability, because that's what this is about. It's about non-accountability. And these things happen. Anyone who works in a corporate environment, anybody who works in an office, even at your house, I mean, anywhere, you know, there's phishing scams everywhere. There's, there's, you know, Trojan horse scams that come through your computer, the emails that look like they should be something else, or, you know, things from Amazon or this or that that are, are bogus and set up by these scammers. I understand they happen, but I'm sorry, when you're an entity that takes a plethora of personal information, including dates of birth, social security numbers, your insurance num- information, your driver's license information, everything. I mean, these offices scan your driver's license. They scan your insurance card. They scan everything. Um, you know, they have all the information where they can make your life extremely miserable. And these entities, these dark web entities, know that they offer a year. They offer two years of credit monitoring, and they hold on to that information in a bank for a year or two, and then they release it to the dark web. Because by that time, you've let your guard down, but the information is still the same. Your date of birth is always the same. Your, your uh, driver's license, your, uh, your social security number, your date of birth, all, all that's the same. So they're getting around that credit monitoring thing and, oh, we got you. We're going to protect you for the next year or two. Don't worry about it. That doesn't matter. Once your information's out there, it's out there, and it's a concern you're going to have for the rest of your life. It's uh, 341 here at WILK. We'll be back after this. Welcome back to WILK News Radio with Rob O'Donnell here. It's 345, 70 degrees with some rain showers moving through the area again. Seems like tomorrow's going to be decent from what I understand. But, uh, you know, we're going to have to be dealing with the rain again. You know, some, somebody texted in, you know, what are we to do with these these medical offices that, that, you know, you need to provide all this information to? That's how they do their business. Medical offices should be focused on one thing, you know, taking care of your medical needs. I get that. They need to start focusing their billing issues with something like an ID me or just like your PayPal or your Venmo or something uses where it's connected, but it's connected through encrypted sources. So, you know, if you go in, you register with like an ID me, you, you people in government or have ever done anything like that. It's a government website. It's ID me. You get your personal information out there. They encrypt it and they give you a code, a number. And basically you would provide that number to a medical office. The medical office would send transactions back and forth through this IDME whose sole purpose is protecting your personal information, identifying you, verifying your information, and protecting it. That's what their job is. That's why that whole company exists. That's what they specialize in. They're not a medical company where you can have, you know, a secretary or an assistant or a nurse or a nursing assistant, you know, hit the wrong, collect the whole email, and then they're into the system. Open up the wrong email and they're into the system. So something like an IDME where there's an encrypted code number that's sent to them that they can send back. And that's how billing's done. They send it to them. It's matched up. That code number's matched up to your personal information. And then they can have all the billing and everything sent that way. I think they need to start specializing in that. They have a, there's IDME, there's GovX. There's a whole bunch of them that use the same kind of uh, frequency. But I, I think our medical community as a whole, uh, along with the Department of Health, either nationally or statewide, needs to get together and have some kind of infrastructure like that to where they're not having all this personal information on their sites at their offices, at their headquarters. 
Um, anyway, I think that would be better. It's done in many other ways. You know, if you're a government official, that's how things are done. They use ID me. Um, if you get any of these benefits through government websites for discounts and such like that, they prove your identity through this ID me. And I think the website is just ID.me, M-E. I think our doctor's offices need to go to something like that where all your information is based on a co- encrypted code number. And it has nothing to do. It doesn't match up to you personally. It would be meaningless. If someone stole that code number, it would be ne- meaningless to them. Uh, let's go to the phones now. We have uh, L from Wayne County on wildfires. L, I got about two minutes. Oh, okay. Um, I was just going to say, you you basically went over everything that I was going to tell you because they had it, they were showing um, from like an airplane or a helicopter, they were showing how dense the forest is in Canada. And that's the main reason because there's no access roads to get to those areas. And if they've got somebody that's setting the fires, that's that's even worse now because I, I didn't hear that in the news. But they did show it on TV and it's so dense. It's just unbelievable how much forestry they have up there. Yeah, I don't think it's widespread across all of them, but I think the Royal Canadian Mounted Police do have arrests made for arson up there. That has contributed to it, but not the cause of the entire thing. Yeah, because it was miles and miles. You could just see, they said miles and miles of it on fire. So, uh, And then you were talking about Seacrest. I can't believe that they gave that job to him. I mean, he just left Kelly and Ryan's show. He's on American Idol. He's got two radio stations. I mean, talk about greedy. I mean, they said that Pat Sajak gets $15 million a year and Vanna, $1 million. And they said that she hasn't gotten a raise in many, many years. And that's disgraceful. I mean, she substituted for him, for Pat. And I, I can't believe that they turned around and pulled a fast one on her. I just can't. Everybody well, should stop watching. As soon as Ryan goes on, everybody should stop watching. That's it. all ABC. I'm worried about uh, Ryan Seacrest coming here and taking my job. You know, he's t- getting all these hosting jobs. You know, he's ABC. We use ABC News as our contracted news source. Yeah, I'd be worried about Ryan Seacrest coming here and doing the Rob O'Donnell show. Well, he's on. He's on KRZ. Yeah. He's on KRZ at 12 noon. Right? I don't know. Yeah, I should stop being worried. Station. Yeah, I'm going to stop yeah. being worried. All right, Al, we're going to have to. We're going to have to leave it there. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, It's Rob O'Donnell here, and uh, I'm not going away without a fight. I think I could take Ryan. We got the Bloomberg Money Minute now. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It's 354 here at the station, 70 degrees. Sun's out right now, but we have some storms moving through the area. Um, Doug says, I'd be more worried about AI taking your job. I don't know. I could see AI taking customer service jobs real easy. I don't know about talk radio. I think it would be too too monotone to, uh, I don't know. Could it take over? Uh, hey, if it does, it does. I'm not too worried about that either. Um, at what point do Democrats, I, I think Republicans, I think normal thinking adults, and I think there's a lot of Democrats. Actually, the Democrats I talk to are out there, are done with this Hunter Biden nonsense. And why hasn't I, – and I understand the media has tried to twist it, and I'm cutting my own self off because there's so much to unpack here. You know, the media has already said, you know, this is about a father's love for his son. And I get that. And, you know, I, I've seen both extremes to where – a parent's love, a father's love has been detrimental to shielding bad behavior. 
not correcting bad behavior. And I understand a lot of times, most times it's done in good intentions. But tough love, you know, also has to what say for it. And, you know, I knew people that, that I worked with as police officers who, who were detectives who basically just had to cut their kids off because they were just un, unrepairable by them. And without that want to get it done, you know, they were there to help them. They were there to provide the help for them. It's just at one point, at what point do you say, I need to protect the rest of my family? I need to protect things like that uh, as a whole and, and cut ties. Uh, but the mere fact that with everything going on, this guy is still attending state dinners. He's still riding in Air Force One. He's still by his dad's side all the time. I- I'm sorry, but uh, he, he, we really need to start asking questions. I mean, we're having the, the WhatsApp messages now time and time again. The first one was damaging. This one now, you know, where, where Hunter Biden's talking to a, a Chinese official who's connected to the CCP. And... uh He's basically saying, you know, he's demanding $10 million at this point. Now, we know the, the last one where he was dealing with the chairman of the company, he demanded five point one. well, received $5.1 million, threatened the man sitting next to him. And in this one, he said, you know, where's, where's my money? Uh, because nothing gets things done like the Bidens, with an S at the end of that. Now, it's surely not him, the crackhead, prostituting, you know, flirting, you know, disgrace. It's not Joe's brother, who's also not far from uh, incompetent. So he must be talking about his dad. And we're seeing these messages. There's funds. Now, this guy's missing. This this CCP-connected businessman, supposed businessman from a shell company in, in China, is has gone missing. But we have the text message. You have the whistleblower now from the IRS who said that there are six witnesses and has given a list of the six witnesses where the Hunter Biden prosecutor is saying that he lacked authority to charge the first son outside of Delaware and was denied special counsel status. Now, that goes directly against what the attorney general has said, what a lot of people have said. You know, the mere fact that when these WhatsApp messages were sent, Hunter Biden was at the same location Joe Biden was at. So when he says, I'm sitting next to my father, well, you know what? There's probable cause that he really was. But no one seems to care. And not only does no one seem to care, but no one's, they're not doing anything to protect the president. They're allowing Hunter Biden free reign. And I understand they have little power to present it, to to prevent it if that's what Joe Biden wants but if that's what Joe Biden wants then he should be able to answer for such i mean it's at the point where you're the press secretary for the united states of america is walking out of press conferences because now you have media agencies that have protected the biden administration asking these questions because at what point do you say enough's enough at what point do we say listen there's If you want to believe Joe did nothing criminal, if you want to believe Joe did nothing irresponsible, that's fine. But the mere fact that there's the amount of evidence there is against Hunter Biden, and make no mistake, Hunter Biden has got sweetheart deals his entire life. He was a naval officer, tested positive for cocaine, 
when his dad was vice president, and he was allowed to get an administrative discharge, not a dishonorable discharge like everyone else would have gotten. An administrative discharge. That's specialized treatment. This sweetheart deal that he got is exactly that, a sweetheart deal. I mean, if you can't call when wrong's wrong, then how do you not expect conspiracy theories left and right when there's questions? I mean, this is just blatantly the guy should not be around his dad. And no one from the inside is doing anything about it, and no one from the outside is asking any questions. It's uh, almost 4 o'clock here at WILK. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell Show after.